You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rock star level only on Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It is the 8th of September 2016. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and we have a crazy, silly, busy, action-packed show. It's you know how we Dave we sometimes complain that nothing happens in the search world. <laughs> well, you can't complain this week. No, this week we got the demise of ClickZ SES conference series. Google putting out warnings on widgets and signature links placed by third-party developers. It's the fiftieth anniversary of Star Trek. Apple screwed up like BlackBerry, and it's becoming increasingly safe to speculate that the long march of the penguins has begun at Google. It's getting to look a lot like SEO Christmas. Not sure where to lead. I guess that's that's the point to lead. It's getting to look a lot like SEO Christmas, Dave. I, I just realized something that we've missed that happened between our last show and this show, and that ordinarily would be the lead story that we're talking about right now. As of last Friday, we had a massive Google core algorithm update. Just a huge one. Sent all of the monitoring tools off the radar, but here that's become like almost a secondary thing because we've got an even bigger series. Isn't that, it's been that kind of week. It's been that kind of week. Okay, well, 
why don't we start unpicking this sort of stuff piece by piece by piece? If the Penguin March has begun, how Google works, I think it's kind of safe to say that a few things have to happen first. One of which, I don't know, a core update perhaps? That would make sense. Google has to reweigh its impression of every website, every, I'm sorry, every web document and web object in its index against the link network or spider web of links connected to all each and every one of those objects. Mm-hmm. And that's what link evaluation at Google scale is all about. So to do that, it's got to do a super crawl, which I think it's, well, there's been enough reports from SEOs and Webmaster World and on Facebook in various SEO groups that there's been super crawl activity happening for the last few weeks. Yep. There has to be a major recalibration of its own index, which we very likely saw over the weekend. And then there has to be a whole bunch of public face announcements like Google saying they're preparing a public announcement on Penguin. I'm not going over the top here. I'm the one who's always cautioned against saying Penguin's going to be here, but it kind of feels like Penguin's coming, eh? Yeah, I think in, in this case, it's it's a fairly safe assumption, you know, with everything lining up the way it is. And of course, John in, in a hangout going, we're preparing the announcement. Well, that's that's a thing. Um, you know, I, I one of the ones I, you know, everybody has their, their you know, Moz weather reports, right? Or, or whatever that, that they watch. I like the one over at SERP Watch. It's a little, a little faster. Um, and it tends to sync up well. I mean, it has since last Friday, but the best it's been is heavy fluctuation. <laughs> like, not into the extreme fluctuations we were seeing Friday and Saturday, but that's at best. So we're seeing constant fluctuation. One of the really, really interesting things that I've seen, and this has just come up over the last couple of days, is a client that we have that got nailed with a Penguin update before the last Penguin update, <laughs> like before they were a client of ours, they got hit with that last Penguin. They kind of recovered. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting for a full recovery. And all of a sudden, one of the telltale signs of the scenario they were in was their homepage wasn't ranking. It was an internal page ranking for their primary phrase. They've been slowly clawing their way up on the homepage. All of a sudden, position held. But over the last two days, it switched over to the same page that was ranking prior to all the updates, like prior to the recovery happening. So to me, that's a very, very interesting thing. I mean, it's, it's the exact same position, but the wrong page. I mean, it's a fine page. I mean, that, it doesn't matter. It's, it's still a relevant page. But, you know, and then as long as they're landing in the, on the, at the right site and in, in the right place. But it is really interesting to me that we're hearing these announcements. We, we've got these core updates at the same time. We've got this client that we're waiting on this. And it's one client. So take it for what you will. This is, you know, hardly a, a scientific method here. But that it went to exactly where it was. Better rankings, but exactly the URL scenario that they were at prior to the last Penguin update is is sort of telling to me that, yeah, we've got some stuff coming in here and it's going to be a, a really, really bumpy ride. The only question is, is it this weekend, is it next weekend? I'm guessing it's going to be a weekend. <laughs> like last time it was a Friday. Makes a lot of sense to me. So it, it'll be interesting. We've got MozCon coming up next week and I actually sent out a tweet to the MozCon folks going, it may be a very, very interesting conference <laughs> for you. <laughs> this thing drops and, and we know Google does like to drop these things during conferences occasionally. So that'll yeah. be interesting. We got PubCon coming up shortly after that. And then we have the Internet Summit coming up shortly after that. So, yeah. Another thing to note is if they don't do it now, I don't think it's possible to do it until after Christmas. So, like, all the signs are pointing to something is going on and that something feels like it's going to be Penguin-esque. I got a feeling next week we're going to be talking about 
well, maybe if not next week, the week after, because Dave, I'm sure you can agree that the scale that this is going to be on and the amount of testing Google's going to do before the flux stops, it's going to be kind of immense, right? It is. And that we're still seeing tremors from the core update. I I don't think they're ready this weekend. So Um, I think you're right. I think we're looking at a couple weeks. One of the things that I'm going to predict here in this one, and I think you know, you're probably making the same prediction. I think a lot of people probably will. Is I think we are going to be looking at it sort of being pulled into the main algorithm, and that may be why they did a core update to actually facilitate penguins sitting inside of their core at this point. They've gotten a lot of backlash, and rightfully so, over people like my client, right? I mean, he's got other traffic sources. Thank goodness we're you know, working on those things. But if he didn't, I mean, you know, I know there's people who've gone bankrupt in, in this two-year gap since the last one. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them roll it in. And you know what? Your good friend of mine, Mr. Gary Eyes, he's got to be happy about this because it set his prediction right. It was going to be before Christmas. He just picked the wrong holidays. (laughs) (laughs) When he predicted about 15 months ago, it'll happen before the holidays. He was right. It was just the wrong year. (laughs) Okay, well, it's worth noting that according to Search Engine Land, it has been 690. A little bit of love it there for you folks. It's been 690 days, 14 hours, 12 minutes since the last Penguin update. Make that 13 minutes. I'm sure one's coming soon. Okay, I want to do a quick shout out and a thank you to one of our listeners. We got fan mail this week from Tim Hodges. Loves listening to the show. Wants us to do a look at if the right to be forgotten might come to Canada based on a lawsuit in London, Ontario. We're not going to have time to get to that today, I'm afraid. Like, seriously, it's not going to happen, but... The fella did write in, and Tim Hodges, thank you so much for writing in with that question. We're going to try to look at that for next week. Dave, I'll pass that on to you. This is not going to fit. That sounds great, and you know what? That's something that I think, and and I'll hunt for one, that I think we're actually probably going to need to pull on and see if we can hunt down a lawyer who'd be happy to join us and and answer questions just like that, because that's kind of relevant. Would be a fun episode, uh, Law and the U episode that would be that would be kind of cool but we got to move on because we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about so another thing that sort of gives me a hint that there may be a penguin update coming along is google is starting to point out specific kind of links and link techniques that it's not entirely comfortable with one of which was you know when you use a widget on your website and it's a third-party widget and there's a made by joe's widget shop link (laughs) good old joe's widget shop yep i know exactly what you're talking about the fellow who makes the blue widgets right and i I think the same can be said when like you're using a content management system theme and at the very bottom theme created by joe's theme shop often those links are full follow links they're just you know a href equals here here's where you're going to dot com they're not no follow links but they're included on your website and google follows them through and finds out that it's a link that was placed in order to get a link that has not necessarily any relevance to do with the topic at hand and it's placed on your website by a third party because you're using their plugins and google's saying we might just crack down on that You know what? And here is a real pro and a con scenario, right? Like I completely get why Google's doing that. But if we take the incentive away from theme developers and and 
widget developers, you know, to build these things and, and offer them away for free, you know, usually when, when the, the link is there, what's going to happen to the ecosystem that involves a bunch of people building these things for free for people <laughs> for that so that they can sort of promote their paid services. If now they're having to put no follow on all of them, which I, mean, I get why Google's doing it. I actually think that's the right way. They're, go, they're, they're doing the right thing. So that's the pro. But at the same time, I go, you know what, if we're taking that incentive away, we may see less of that development happening. We may see more themes breaking or widgets breaking because like they want to push you over to the pro version. Yeah, and what I will bet will probably happen, I know this is what I would do if I was them, is make a, a slightly more intrusive banner or link set. Make it no follow, but make it a little more intrusive because you're going to need to push people to the paid because you've now eliminated the value of the free version, really, essentially, to the developer. So it'll be interesting, but I imagine we're going to see some some significant changes coming up in the way those are, are developed and marketed, that's for sure. Well, I got a feeling that this comes up because... Last few weeks, Google's been looking at it, and I, I think they've been experimenting with what we are seeing as, the, as a probable Penguin update. And this is one of the things they found. This is going to come up in their evaluation time and time and time again, especially with, I mean, it's the proliferation of WordPress sites out there. I think in a weird way that they made this specific announcement this morning with all the other stuff we were talking about a few minutes ago is a little bit more weight to the theory that we are, in fact, seeing the beginnings of the link eval updates. I and mean, I think you're right, Dave. Like, going to be a lot of tears out there in DevVille, eh? Yeah. Yeah, there is. How many people listen, or do they just find new ways to mat, like, to sort of pop or deal with it in, in other ways? We'll see how that all that all plays out. I've never been surprised at this point, certainly by the ingenuity <laughs> of some, some people with some, some strong development skills. So we'll, we'll see what they come up with. But yeah, I, I would imagine we're going to see a, a, a little bit of change in the way the free versions are operating, what they're doing. And you know, maybe it's a scaling back of features in them or a boosting up of the other features. It may be good, it may be bad, but there's certainly going to be some changes coming. Okay, we're going to have to go to break in a couple of seconds. So I don't want to uh, jump into a new topic yet, but I have a quick question, uh, mostly for, for the benefit of uh, other SEOs out there. If a whole bunch of change does start happening, and we end this, this is a, a Penguin update, Dave, where are you going to go to uh, share information and to get information from other SEOs so you know we can collectively wrap our heads around this as quickly as possible? Well, you know, there's this radio show where I get to share my opinion and, and get the opinion of somebody I, I respect who's been an SEO for like 15 years. So there's that. I'll be honest, my first go-to generally when stuff like this is going on is the data collection points. And so generally it will be into Twitter and Reddit um, with, a, with a little Facebook thrown in. But, but usually it's, it's straight to Twitter and Reddit. And then after that, yeah, it's, it sort of depends on what ends up happening. I guess the third point, maybe the first, if I'm like just really, really curious, I suppose, and, and probably yours too, the, one of the very earliest data points I'm going to go to is, hey, it happened. Let's start running some ranking reports. I, I know it's antiquated, but hey, they're fun. <laughs> running some ranking reports, doing some manual checks through proxies from a different, few different locations and actually seeing what's happening in, in the real world. Because, of course, it's not just about where you rank, but it's like, oh, okay, did the interface actually start to change in, in this? Did, you know, are they now in a map where they or the snack pack where they weren't or whatnot, right? Like a, a lot of other variables. So manual is pretty handy. So, yeah, those would be, I guess, my three main ones, the SERPs. Twitter, Reddit, what about you? Where are you going to be going as soon as this thing launches? 
Well, and obviously Webmaster Tools, and, or I'm sorry, Search Console and uh, Analytics and uh, Weather Status Checkers. Webmaster World, Facebook. Yeah, definitely going to be like checking out a number of uh, SEO threads on Reddit. Uh, and sharing information there. Uh, not so much Twitter. Uh, I mean, I will be looking at Twitter, but I don't think I need to be doing a lot of uh, sharing on Twitter just because it all moves too fast and I'm too old for that sort of stuff, you know? <laughs> Either it'll be the Facebook environment because it slows down for me when I want it to, when I want it to. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of phone calls going around amongst amongst the older SEO crowd, right? Because nobody wants to say this stuff out loud anymore unless we're wrong. It's, it's funny about the <laughs> The, the, the more advanced you get in your career, the more terrified you are of saying something wrong in public. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> okay, you know, I think this is a, a pretty good spot to take a break because I want to talk about the uh, demise of, of QuickZSES and um, what, whatever's happening at Apple. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Music and Pete's Talk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hector <laughs> from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm. It's uh, the 8th September 2016, and we're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. It's time to take your ad testing out of the Mesozoic era and into the Ezoic era. Ezoic is the world's first machine learning platform creating tailored ad combinations to monetize your website. Our automated ad testing not only boosts ad income, but increases page views, improves bounce rate, and will impress the user experience. Start your 30-day free trial today at ezoic.com and join thousands of publishers who are already earning 60% more with ezoic. That's ezoic.com. Ezoic, make your website smarter. Ezoic is a Google-certified publishing partner. Content for your ears. And everything in between. Cranberry.fm Webcology takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Why do I always see Craig Newmark in my mind's eye when I hear that intro to our show, that the light <laughs> docile toads of Craig Newmark here on Webmaster Radio? <laughs> <laughs> He's, he, he did a couple shows for us back in the Webmaster Radio days, and that guy's voice is so calm and so smooth. Anyway, <laughs> can't help but picture <laughs> headphones on. We got some bad news yesterday. Well, 
sad but not unexpected news. The granddaddy of major search marketing conferences, Searches and Strategies, died quietly with no public announcement yesterday. Founded in 1999, SES brought search engines and webmasters or site owners together. For many older members of the SEO community, uh, Dave and me included, SES was the space where we caught our first breaks. The conference built itself into a major three-ring circus over the years. It toured the globe to crowded conference centers and vibrant trade show floors. You know, when, when the SES Roadshow rolled into New York City, four floors of conference center floor space at the Hilton was needed to hold hundreds of vendors and booths. And that happened every year. Started by Danny yeah. Sullivan back in uh, 99. He was also a uh, founding editor of Search Engine Watch. A lot's happened since then. In 2005, Danny left SEW and SES over a contract dispute when uh, the conference series and magazine was sold to Incisive Media by Meckler for $43 million. That was in 2005. Danny left to form Third Door Media and Search Engine Land and the Extraordinary Search Marketing Expo series uh, for seven years. It was a healthy rivalry between the two operations with Incisive and Third Door complementing each other and pushing each other providing two competing but complementary platforms in the online marketing uh, magazine and digital conference space. And now it's over. They uh, they died without without a word yesterday, but they are gone. Yep. Yep, they are. Now, one of the things I found interesting, though, is they still have a ClickZ Live New York, ClickZ Live Shanghai up on the ClickZ site, so it'll be well, nice to see. They've been reduced. What's going on? But we're, we're not dealing with the same size of show, that's for sure. They're talking about 1,000 attendees, not. I mean, you remember these things were massive. Well, indeed. And, and according to insiders from the former Click Z, those are contractual obligation shows. Right. They're doing them because they got to, not because they actually have something to bring to them. Right. The day What's I that? knew it was over was two years ago. We were doing the show live from. Uh, from Click Z in uh, in New York City in 2014, and I remember reporting that Mike Rehan, who was conference chairman, had resigned ten minutes before uh, his opening speech that day. Yeah, that was the day I knew it was over. Yeah. Writing's on the wall there. Very shortly after that, Click Z announced their pay-to-play strategy that was aimed at enticing brands to take the stage without having to share it with presky practitioners who couldn't afford to pay 5000 to get up on stage and share the information we used to share for free <laughs> right yep this is sneaky you know what you know why they did that why is that well incisive was lining up to sell search engine strategies and uh, search engine watch and they ended up selling them to a french conglomerate called blenheim shalot or blenheim shalot if you pronounce them the way that I'd like to pronounce them. Jim Hedger is on stage talking about SEO. Jim Hedger is from Digital Always Media. That's that's one program, okay? The CEO of Coca-Cola Canada is on stage talking about their digital marketing strategy. That's program two. Which do you think looks more valuable? (laughs) Clearly, Coca-Cola Canada's corporate chairperson not Jim Hedger, the guy who's been doing this for like 15 years. Well, I, I get that. You know, Coca-Cola's brand name, Jim Hedger, is just some guy who's been studying the environment for, four, for 15 years. And what does he know? That perceived value allowed 
incisive to sell the whole caboodle for a heck of a lot more money to a conglomerate that just killed it because I think they realized what they paid for. As will happen. Um, and of course, there's the vastly increased competition that has taken place. Yeah. Right. I mean, yep, there there's are definitely... a lot of highly valuable conferences right now. And search engine strategies were legendary. Oh, yeah. You remember walking down the street in San Jose with the group of newbies skipping in front of us, drunkenly screaming, we control the internet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which was the same night that there was that insane poker tournament and that I got felt up by the Ask.com representative. (laughs) Fun times. (laughs) You know what's funny is, is our listeners are going, Ask? (laughs) <laughs> that's how long ago that was <laughs> yes that was 2006 I believe seriously seriously fun show David you know who you are so sorry bro somebody had to take the fall these were the shows where our predecessor Webmaster Radio used to hold Search Bash which was arguably the most fun you could have you know it was even more fun to be at the Google Complex but these were also the shows where the Google Dance happened. Although, I might add, that's back for SMX shows as of this year. It just seemed like it was a big hole, man. I mean, like, SES had been dying, and Click Z was totally dying, but there's just a big hole in my heart, man. SES Chicago, you remember how nice that was? That used to be homecoming show. Anyway, Granddaddy of Search Conferences is dead. Its media publication is, is likely not far behind. Unfortunately, Search Engine Watch has been rudderless for over a year now. If the last person out could turn off the lights and grab a fistful of thumb drives, that would be way cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, where shall we go with that, uh, with that pleasantly worded yeah. eulogy? <laughs> no, um, somebody had to deliver it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of eulogies that are coming, you know... You know what's you know what's gonna you know what's gonna be at the at the top of uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say this it's almost a jerky thing to say but you know what's gonna be at the top of uh, Tim Cook's eulogy when or obituary when uh, when eventually it's printed in the newspaper you know what the headline will read what's that Jim you had one jobs <laughs> <laughs> save this company but no you had to get all fancy and stuff and not fancy in the innovative way. Fancy in the, oh, well, you know, they got five blades, so we're going to have six blades on our phone, sort of way. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. Earlier yesterday, it was announced that Apple was going to do away with the universal headset jack, the ones that connect you to the sound coming out of your mobile device so everybody else on the bus doesn't have to hear it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they got to do away with that. So all those really fancy, like, headphones that people spent hundreds of dollars on so that they could have crystal clear sound coming out of their mobile device, if it's mm-hmm. a future iPhone, they won't work because there's nothing to plug them into anymore. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, courage, eh? Yeah, I mean, I just... The, the problem that I have here, and they have addressed some of the things that sort of came straight at them out of the gate, which was, was good for them. Um, there was some concern uh, yesterday, I think it was on TechCrunch, but uh, you know, I was reading a lot of news on this, so I might be, I might be wrong, and my apologies to whoever was the, the actual publisher of that, if I am, um, about Square, you know, the little 
processing device yeah. that plugs in to your headphones. Yeah, there was some concern about that. Apple does have that sorted out. I saw them put out like a news thing going, no, that's not right. <laughs> like it, it is working. Here's my big annoyance is a, I, I think a headphone jack has a variety of different uses. Heck, I have speakers that have a one eight inch jack input, right? Like <laughs> it plugs in and that's where it gets its sound from. It doesn't have Bluetooth. So what, am I going to replace all the stuff in my house now? And then there's just the other side of when I'm buying replacement headphones, and I, I go through a, a lot of headphones because I you know, take them running with me, and over time, just the, the jiggling kills them. It doesn't seem to matter yeah, yeah, whether sure. they are Bluetooth or whether they are wired. They're going to die in about the same period of time, just from sweat and, and movement. Neither seems to last longer than the other. In fact, wired maybe slightly longer, only because I don't accidentally leave them on my pocket and wash them. And if I do, sometimes they'll survive. But when I need to replace my headphones, if I want a wired pair, it costs me about five bucks. I mean, I'm not buying high-end ones. This is for running, and I know I'm going to kill them. So <laughs> they're about five bucks. And you can get, you know, some, some decent pairs for 20 or 30. Your starting point on a Bluetooth headset with any decent sound quality is going to start at about 30 bucks and go up to, I don't know, like I think the Apple ones were, were like 160 And that's what's kind of really annoying to me about these ones is it's setting this bar where even your peripherals, even the additional things you're going to need to make your device work properly, like headphones, even those are now more expensive than they were before. And, and that's what's kind of annoying to me about this one is you're forcing people to now spend more, not just on your product, which is fine. I mean, I have no problem with that. But now, anytime your headphone breaks, you accidentally drop one. I mean, I've seen those ones they are including the tiny little things. One breaks, one gets, I don't know, this dies for whatever reason, battery, you know, I, I won't even say battery, actually, because I'll give Apple that one. They're good with the batteries. But, um, you know, whatever it is that causes it, you're now making a person spend minimum 30, probably closer to, to 50, 60 bucks for a replacement set of headphones that are, you know, kind of decent. So, I don't know, it, it bothers me. I think it was a, a stupid move on their part. And it opened the door. I remember seeing an announcement from Samsung. This was going back a bit back when it was just rumors. And part of their pitch on one of their new products was it comes with a fancy thing called an audio jack. <laughs> They're already using it to mock Apple. <laughs> so um, so it, it's, you know, it opened, uh, opened the gateway for, for those other people. Anyway, we'll see how it goes, but I don't think it's going to go well. Well, we do have, you know me, I'm really into historic precedent. Eh? Like if there was an example that happened before, I think it's really worth looking at it. Because, you know, that may predicate what happens in this context. And that's the home team. My favorite mobile device of all time was the BlackBerry Bold back in its day. Yeah. It did what I needed it to do with that capability. It was a little slower than, than it should have been. But it had that keyboard that made texting, typing, messaging. I wrote an article on that on a blackberry keyboard once during a long subway ride and it worked it worked perfectly it was beautiful i loved it i was loyal to that device because of that keyboard and then blackberry gave up that keyboard now it's a screen touch keyboard just like every other phone out there on the market much harder for me and people who were loyal to that technology to use i really think that the loss of the 3 input jack that that was the audio jack 
I mean, it was this was an elegant little piece of technology too, eh? Because it had like three three outputs. I'm sorry, two outputs and one input. One was for a microphone. One was for the left ear. One was for the right ear. All in this little three millimeter circular hole. It was a brilliant device, and I think this is a loss for Apple. That's actually bigger than the loss of the BlackBerry keyboard was, and I think it's going to hurt them. I, I think it. I think it will be. I do think in, in defense of Tim Cook here, he is following the path that I believe Steve Jobs would have gone on this one. And this is going back to the, the first when the prototypes were first coming up of, of the first iPhone. And Steve Jobs is reported to have grabbed this device, put it into a fish tank, showed the engineers there were bubbles and said there's room in there. He wanted this thing smaller and smaller and smaller. So okay. from that and, context, I think, yes, he's doing it. But if it's losing functionality in the process, that's where I think the, the kicker comes in. So, Well, you do bring up an interesting point because you, the reason Tim Cook, the only, the only logical thing Tim Cook has said about why the audio jack has been removed is because they wanted to make the iPhone waterproof. So maybe that lesson, Steve Jobs throwing it into the fishbowl, <laughs> really impacted on them. You know? <laughs> It certainly could. Okay. We're approaching a really good time to take another break here on the show. The next subject we want to jump into, uh, David Harry, the great SEO interpreter. David Harry is is back from what, what looked like it was a summer break with his kids, is writing a great series in the Authority Labs blog. Want to take a look at the first part of the series, How Google Ranks Web Pages, Part 1, The Overview. Welcome back, David Harry. It's good to have you uh, active again. But before we can jump to that, because it's a hell of a big subject, we got to take a break here on Webcology on Cranberry.fm. So on behalf of Dave Davis from Beatstock Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on Cranberry. Well, it was recorded on the 8th of September, 2016. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nest T Trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Cranberry Radio. Online anytime at cranberry.fm. We 
Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 8th of September 2016. I can really literally say summer's almost gone. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Dave, we've got about... Going with about 10, maybe 12 minutes left in the show, and we got a Dave Harry article in front of us. And listeners might remember when you have Dave on the sh- Dave Harry on the show, you kind of got to step back a little bit, let the guy talk because he's got a lot to say. <laughs> Always, yep. And one of the cool things about Dave is he's a very structured thinker. It mightn't seem that way, but he really he's a really structured thinker. And so when he writes an article, he lays it out in a very logical and orderly way. and and often the best way to explain a David Harry article isn't to try to explain the article. It's to try to explain how to read the article. <laughs> People get a lot more out of it that way if they read it themselves, but know how to read the, the way David sets stuff up. Okay, Because, again, he wants to lay it out from A to B to C to Z. What did you, you, you've, you've had a chance to, to read this. You're, you're, you posted this in, in our chat area, Dave. So what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was a really, really good article, and you bring up a really, really good point. This is article number one of a four-part series, and clearly he's doing exactly what you've talked about, is right now in part one he's going, and he lists them off as his sections, the basics, pages versus websites, scoring, boosting, and dampening, and the who knows elements. Like, what he's done here is is created stage one of of things, and and for all of our listeners, I highly recommend. It's over on on authoritylabs.com right now. Really, really good read. This is... I think geared more towards the entry to early intermediate level or people, I, I enjoyed the read, who just want to go, oh, yeah, that's right. I worded that a little different or, I, you know, I, I thought of it a little different. Dampening is a good one, right? I don't know that I've ever used the word dampening, but I know that it's like basically that there are factors that actually reduce the value of specific scores. Um, but I don't know that I've used his terminology for it specifically, but what he's done here is really laid the groundwork for people to understand what the core basic functions of an algorithmic sort of scenario is. So here's how different things score. And he hasn't gone into, you know, he's not the SEO champion. He's not claiming to understand all, what was it at the time? 70 four individual points of the algorithm (laughs) Um, you know but he's laying out here's the principles and Mm -hmm. and what i'm really looking forward to is two three and four because if you're giving me the principles and i mean you know dave harry this is a guy who who absorbs white papers loves patents i I sat and chatted patents with him and slosky and it's a really interesting conversation i actually more sat and listened to the two of them had a conversation and, and tossed my opinion in at times so you can see what he's doing and he's laying the groundwork to make sure his readers understand and you know in parts two three and four we're going to get into some really 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 interesting stuff so if you're interested in understanding how search engines function um, I would highly recommend this four-part series. It's going to be great. I can tell you in advance, and I've only read part one because only part one's out yet, but head over to Authority Labs, read part one. You'll, you'll get the groundwork. Um, even if you're an experienced SEO, it's good. You'll understand the terms he's about to use in the other ones and what they mean to him and put it in that context. I'm looking forward to it. I know it's going to be a great read, and I think I'm going to drag him on the show after his fourth one just to cover all this stuff, and that'll probably, I don't know, be a, a huge show. Maybe we can pull on Terry, too, just to really wind the two of them up and let it go. 
I knew I was going to love this article when it starts differentiating between what is a non-scoring signal and what is a scoring signal. Because that's one of the things that drives me crazy when I go in my venture through a master world or again when I'm reading articles at many of the trade pubs, people will make these incredible claims about the effect of something like, as David's example, geolocation is not a scoring signal. It might have an effect on where your where your result will show in which SERPs pizza shop in Portland, Oregon should not show up in Ottawa, Ontario. Because the person in Ottawa doesn't care about the pizza shop in Portland. But that's not a scoring factor. But something like your domain history, your internal link structure, titles and metadata, those are different types of scoring elements, things that Google's going to look at and apply a little mathematical formula to and a little weight to here, there, and in hundreds, at least 76, possibly more elements of your website. And I love, again, that David completely dives in and says, this is one thing, this is another. Yeah. Um, one thing I think he missed here in the basics, I'm looking at this section, it's just a small three paragraphs, pages versus websites. One thing that, that I think he missed is, is uh, web objects, videos, audio clips, images even. There's a lot more that Google is, and, and it's Google's other search engines, and at the end of the day, aren't they all Google search engines? Sorry, Microsoft. <laughs> There's other objects that are in Google's index that, that are beyond the text-heavy pages that most SEOs work with all the time. And I think as an industry, we really got to think about treating these other objects, video especially, given that that's where the market's going. Yes. Yeah, well, in, indeed. And I think what we're looking at here is, and you're right, that is absent from it. And probably like to, you know, to go back in time and correct something should have been mentioned as absent, right? Like could, we're focusing be, here on pages and sites. And he, he may be addressing it in a subsequent article too, incidentally. But we don't know the future, but it's not in this one. No. So it's going to be interesting. Definitely, definitely worth the read. Well, Highly recommended reading for, uh, for folks. And it's, it's also worth noting that if Dave Harry is back in print, Dave <laughs> Harry is probably back in his dojo, where there's always interesting stuff going down. Folks might want to take a gander over there, because, well, if, again, if Dave's back, I guarantee he wants to talk, because that's the kind of guy he is. He sure is. Okay, we've got a couple more minutes here. Dave, you put up a, a post about an acquisition, or an acquisition that Google's chasing after. What's the pick up Apogee, advanced programming interface uh, uh, platform? What's up with that? Yeah. yeah, I think this is really, really interesting. Google, according to TechCrunch, they're saying Google will acquire for $625 million, which in Google's context is a lot. They don't make a lot of huge, huge acquisitions. I think there's like, I could probably count them on my fingers and toes in their history that crossed over the, the $100 million mark, right? Like they, they just don't do that. Uh, they just build it themselves instead and then drive their competitors out of business. <laughs> it's a little different different model. But they're acquiring them for $625 million. This is seven times their annual revenue. So we know that this isn't a play for market share because it's grossly overvalued from that context. So we know this has to then be a, a technology play. Google, I mean, I don't know if you, you of course you do. You know, you've used their APIs. I've used their APIs. They, they got a lot of them and they, they know what to do with them. But what Apogee allows companies to do or, or what 
Apogee facilitates is third parties developing something and then they sort of sit as the middleman, right, to sort of yeah. manage the flow of all these ones and zeros. That's what's really, really interesting to me is Google now wants to be that middle point where it's yeah, going, that's... you go ahead and you build those, those APIs. We're just going to sit here and manage them for you, and we're going to make sure they're, you know, everything's always available and, and running smoothly. Just think of that data collection they're about to get. I, I bank one of the largest commercial banks in Canada, okay? one, of, one, of, one of Canada's big six banks. This bank has, I have no idea how many types of business banking plan or personal savings plan or personal retirement savings plan or whatever, okay? Mm-hmm. There are, off the top of my head, I can think of four different digital access points I can use to get to any one of my accounts, both personal and business, at this large banking institution in Canada. Each of those Digital access points requires API integration into a wider system, and there's no guarantee that the third party who programmed this API is the same third party who programmed that API, even though they're right. working in the same ecosystem. And that's the genius of Apogee. They're the umbrella, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I think that, uh, like, as far as I'm concerned, I think great call on Google's part. I mean, it's it's one of those, and you're you're a privacy person, and you're a you're a web marketing person, right? So I can understand the brilliance of this and go, that is awesome, great idea. Now you will collect a whack more data because that's got to be what the plays over. And then at the same time, there's that privacy side of me going, oh God, you're collecting more. Oh, Dave, no, no. Oh, yes. I mean, yes, this is a data play. Yeah, but there's so much more than that. Think of Nest. Think of autonomous cars. Think of refrigerators. The, the web of stuff. The web of things, I think they call it. It's incredibly dumb name. For Google, and, and especially for like merchants or people who are developing merchant software for, uh, say, say, WordPress, the, the digital ecosystem that Google is trying to keep track of is getting so much more complicated. And you have to have so many more third parties building on to products that have to work inside the Google ecosystem. I don't think this is just a data play. I think this is, a, oh, my goodness, we're getting overwhelmed. We really need to get our stuff together play. Right, and you may very well be right. Like so, and you, you know, the mantra on this show is: if you see what Google's doing today, you get a hint at what they want you doing tomorrow. So, right. you know, what's this all about here, eh? You know, something else happening under the hood. I think it's going to be very, very, very interesting. Something I know we've only got a couple minutes just crossed my radar, although it was announced two days ago, but it, it just came up um, on the on the break as far as crossing my my radar. Shop to look. I don't know if you've you've heard of this thing. It uh, was announced by Google Tuesday, but basically they're going to let you know if you've looked up in, in their example like cocktail dress, and then you see a picture of one. It now allows you to go this picture. I want that, and it'll now do a, a shopping search you know, for the products and, and items in that dress and, and find things close to it. Now, that I found interesting. Is it using image recognition or is it using metadata? They're using image recognition, which I found really interesting because I remember thinking it brilliant because Pinterest started doing the same thing. You could sort of grab an item and go find stuff like this. Um, and they did that. It was months ago, might be a year ago now that they started doing that. And I thought, hey, 
Google's ripping off an idea from Pinterest. I don't blame oh. people for doing that. Everybody was ripping <laughs> off Ask and driving them up, right? Like that, that happens all the time. However, at the same time, on September 6th, so same day, over on VentureBeat, the title of one of the articles, and this I just found funny, so I had to mention it, Pinterest hires Google's former head of image search to lead engineering. So Google has stolen from Pinterest an idea, but you know what? That's okay, because Pinterest stole their head of image search. So let's just call it fair and, and they <laughs> <a> win. <laughs> That, that couldn't be written uh, into a script for the TV show Silicon Valley and, and be believable. No, and I just love that it was the same day. It makes the whole thing just great. So that's going to be fascinating. I'm mean, trying to figure out how to optimize an image for image recognition. That's going to be fascinating. And I, I, I don't even know who we would talk to about that. You know what my instinct is, is as soon as you see, I don't know, like let's, let's go outside of dresses and go, as soon as you see Clooney, Right, like, and he's wearing whatever. I mean, I'm picking. I'm certainly aging myself because I'm going. That's somebody who would dress like in something that I might want. I mean, you see him in a tux or whatever, and you're like, "Hey, I want that one." If I was a tuxedo sales site, the first thing I would probably try and do is put it on a mannequin or put it on a model in exactly the same pose and fire that thing out immediately. <laughs> Find whatever pose the person that you're trying to emulate, whatever people are going to be trying to find. Like, you know, a star wearing a certain outfit or whatnot. Just try to grab one of your models who looks kind of like that person and dump him in, in, a, in a very, very similar pose. This is just a guess, but I'm thinking you're going to help with that, that recognition. And then, of course, there's the just putting in your metadata to make it work and maybe even mentioning the star and, and where they were, right? And, and sort of tying those pieces together. We will have to be honestly, we will have to look into that, but we won't have much more time to do today because we're running a little bit late here on Webcology, so we got to get out of here. Dave Express are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. 